0: Um. <laughs> okay. Um do I sound okay? Yes you do. <laughs> okay. Um Jeff, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Uh yes, absolutely. My name's Jeff. Uh to give a little bit about myself and where I stand and why I stand where I do politically. I grew up in Northeast Tennessee way back up in the mountains, like real no 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 you know what you see. And the first president I remember was Ronald Reagan. And I remember that because my mom put me and my brother in front of the TV and said, I want you to watch this. It's gonna be in your history books when you're older and it was Ronald Reagan standing on the Berlin Wall saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall, you know. So that was the fall of the Soviet Union. So it was kind of cool being able to remember that. And growing up, I can honestly say that the school systems up there didn't spend a lot of time on civics or politics or anything, so the pretty much the gist of my political knowledge was, well, we're Democrats because Democrats are for poor people and Republicans are for rich people, and uh, as I got older and became more inquisitive and knowledgeable, I began to form my own opinion, and then I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. Uh, did that, went over to Iraq after I got back home, worked for a couple years and I went back to school and I actually majored in political science, which I got an associate's in. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. Uh, way back when, because of my gift of gab, if you will, I thought I wanted to be a political lobbyist. Of sorts, <laughs> you know, being That's able funny. to fight the good fight and get certain legislation that I thought was important, that I felt very passionate about, passed. But then, as I learned more and more, I realized it's, you know, not really about what's what's right and what's good for the people, but it's about money, and that kind of steered me away from that. So eventually, when I went back to college, I switched my degree to a more business-related field, business and marketing. Did you vote in this election? Yes, I did. Hmm. I voted for Joe Jorgensen, which was the candidate for the Libertarian Party because she was the only candidate that I felt I was voting for something and not just against something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it seems like the
0: sentiment has largely has largely been kind of along those lines. A lot of people um, voting for Biden, not necessarily because they love Biden, but because they just fucking hate Trump, really. That's so it. I guess there's something to be said for that, I guess. Uh, you, and even I mean, that's, though— that-
1: even though I don't necessarily agree with that mindset of, you know, participating in our electoral process by voting against something, I absolutely understand it. It's just that I wanted to vote for something I believed in, not just against somebody that was a dumbest, you know?
0: Who did you vote for in sixteen?
1: even I mean, though don't, I don't, well now I mean hey it is what it is uh, even though I'm not proud to admit this now I was willing to give Trump the benefit of the doubt and even though I knew early on yeah he's a blowhard and he doesn't know when to shut the fuck up I was like you know what maybe it is the shake up that we Need you know, like economically, yeah, one would assume that he does have enough knowledge and experience and foreign markets and everything to help ours here at home and with trade deals and all that stuff he boasted about. But as it turns out, it was uh, not for the be- not for the best, and it's actually something I do regret. You know. But I'm not willing to admit that we would be, we would have been better off with Hillary either. But then again, who knows? You know, it's one of those things. You just gotta take your licks and keep keep on going. You know, that's part of what being an American is all about, isn't it? So now I kind of believe where I stand politically is very much. I would describe myself as a centrist. Where I feel that the news media and propaganda is out there telling us that everybody hates each other and everybody's bad and all this. But in my day-to-day life and experiences, everyone I meet, I don't care what color they are, what background, we're all the same at the end of the day. We just want to be happy, live our lives hopefully comfortably. And, you know, keep going on. So I guess I would say on most social issues, I'm on the liberal side, but mostly because of my indifference. Where if somebody wants to do what they want to do, who am I to tell them no if they're not hurting anyone? Like gay marriage, right? That doesn't affect me at all. So, yeah, that's fine. You do you. Uh, Abortion. I feel that as a man, I can never understand and experience what a woman goes through to not only make the decision to have or not to have an abortion, but just to carry a child, and then to give birth, and everything that goes along with that. I just don't have the necessary equipment required to be able to form an intelligent opinion on the matter, so that's why I say, hey, as a man, I'm stepping out of this one. Ladies, it's all you, so it's their decision, and so I guess I would say I'm pro-choice because of that, because it's their choice. I'll let them do what they do. Uh, The only thing that I would say I'm definitely conservative on would be the Second Amendment. And only because the way I grew up, like I said, grew up real poor up in the mountains of East Tennessee and we had a gun in every corner of the house. It was just just the way it was. Everyone did. And we learned from a very early age that that's a tool. That's a tool that we use to put food on the table. That's a tool that we use to protect ourselves if necessary. But at the end of the day, it's a tool. And I hunted my whole childhood all year round, not because, oh, this is fun or cool, but because we were hungry and poor, you know, and bullets were cheaper than groceries. So guns were just been a part of my life growing up and since then and the Marine Corps and everything. And I, to me, shooting firearms is not only fun, but can be therapeutic for myself. You know, it's relaxing and everything. And at the root of the Second Amendment issue is, yes, the Founding Fathers wanted us to be armed so we could never be persecuted by a tyrannical government again because that's what they just went through and they never wanted to happen again hopefully uh, we never get to the point to where we have to use the second amendment for that purpose because that would be horrible to see war on american soil
0: sounds to me like you're basically a libertarian
1: yeah uh Now, I don't agree with everything in the libertarian platform, but I think any person that is even halfway intelligent doesn't agree with everything straight line for each party. That's why I hate the two-party system in American politics because literally representatives and senators will vote no against something that they – agree with and that they know damn well would help people in the country along with all of their constituents and they'll do that just so it doesn't make the other party look good like at the end of the day what are they working for they're civil servants that's supposed to help us not help the party but yet they do everything oh gotta stay faithful to the party no fuck that stay faithful to the people that's what you're there for that's what you got elected for
0: And every day, subsequently, we were sitting next to each other, talking shit about
1: classmates, And also, as soon as you stuff. said that, as soon as you said you were a Marine, I stuck my fist up. I'm like, instant drinking, buddy. Woo!
0: Yeah. And shit, how that came true. Oh my god, right. how much booze have we drank? So, um...
1: But it was mostly good s- booze, so...
0: Yeah, that that's because you are paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I will say that Don Julio I bought for graduation lasted quite a while, like two months. Yeah. Um, so Jeff and I have known each other for a few years. It feels like a lifetime, but I think that just comes with drinking a lot with someone and also being a veteran of the same military branch, um, which most people can't appreciate, but that's fine. Um, as far as... My political leaning development, I was joking with my parents the other day uh, while I was on for a run. I was talking to them on the phone and I was joking about how I was like my my political leanings have been consistent across adulthood and how I found that like like half jokingly kind of impressive. Because when I registered to vote, when, um, um, when I turned 18, I registered as a libertarian and I've been a libertarian ever since registered I mean obviously my my opinions on some views have changed they've gotten more liberal in some context more conservative in some contexts. but I still think generally speaking that I'm pretty pretty hard-nosed libertarian and I had some I think I've really only been to like one one or two political events the first of which while I was in high school was a tea party rally that took place in Gainesville um, and I don't really remember the specifics of it. I was like, this is interesting. Um, these people have some interesting things to say. Well, interesting to an 18 year old. So I don't know how good it actually was. Hmm. Um, and I remember them talking about like how, like going back to the bill of rights and going back to the basics and the, you know, being focused on the constitution. And I was like, that seems pretty reasonable. Like that's a, that's a straightforward, that's a pretty straightforward thing about as straightforward as you could be. You know, in America, the land of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights seems pretty reasonable. Um, and I think that, like, for lack of a better word, that reasonableness has kind of guided, um, like, how how I've thought about things since then. And especially something within the last few years, I took a um, an intro to a philosophy class at, I'm not sure if I took that at, yeah, I did take that at USF. I hated the professor, didn't like her at all, didn't think she was very good. Um, but it definitely had some interesting takeaways from it. Uh, one of which was, I'm probably going to butcher, but Immanuel Kant was a philosopher in the uh, 18th century. And one of his shticks was called the Categorical Imperative. And I'm not going to give a, a great summary of it because I'm an idiot. But one of the tenets of the categorical imperative is doing something that would be good even if everybody did it. So if I do this thing, it's only good if it would be ben- if it would be beneficial if everyone did it. So like, I'm at I'm at the grocery store and I take the buggy to my car because it's full of groceries and I can't I can't carry them all by hand through the parking lot. It's a good thing for me to put the buggy back because if everybody did that, then, you know, the parking lot isn't full of wayward carts that are threatening to run into your nice car. So if if every day, de- if everybody does this thing, the world becomes net better Then it's a good thing to do. And I feel like that's something that I come back to a lot, like if this thing is interesting in its own right, but what happens if everybody does it? Does it make people happier? Does it make give people a greater sense of camaraderie or companionship in their community? Does it make people, you know, does it create animosity amongst people um, and stuff like that?
1: But they analyze the philosophical question in politics, like you said. With at the Tea Party convention you went to, they were all about getting back to the basics and the Constitution and Bill of Rights and all that, and yes, that's true, but there are some decisions that need to be made with good judgment that may lie somewhere in between the lines, and here's an example with the DREAMers, right, the DACA. They were very, very young children that were brought over here from another country legally. They grew up here for all intents and purposes. Those kids are American. They're about to go to college or already in college or some has joined the military. But also, America, we are a nation of laws. And if somebody breaks the laws, there has to be repercussions, correct? But what do you do to that kid or young adult at this time that really didn't do anything wrong. They had no control over the situation. They're a child that would not be held accountable in the court of law for making that decision at that age, obviously. So why are they held to that punishment now? Sending them back to a country that they, a lot of them, don't even remember nor even speak the language. And that's where that good judgment needs to come in. Be like, okay, they've already been here 15 some odd years or More, in some cases, they're good, upstanding, contributing citizens of our nation. Give them a fast track to citizenship. Hell, they're more American than most, I would say. And move on. What's wrong with that? And why is there a huge debate in the House of Representatives and the Senate and the White House between whether or not we're going to let those kids stay here or ship them back. It's all about that two-party system. Oh, well, if that person likes it, then I have to not like it. I have to, it's it's just creating this atmosphere of tension to where it doesn't really need to be. Because I think any good moral person... I mean, if you make them go there personally and tell one of those kids, yeah, you're going to get shipped back to Ecuador, wherever you're from, they're not going to do it. No. But when they're on the sidelines away from it in the background, they're just blustering and fighting with each other. And they're playing with people's lives just because.
0: Yeah. Admittedly, I don't know a lot about the DACA situation and all that stuff so I'm not I'm not in a place to like really have anything to say about it without sounding like an idiot because I feel like there's there's more than enough people just spouting political shit and they they literally know nothing about it and that 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 grinds my gears more than almost anything ever Um, so I I I don't really know anything about that and generally speaking I'm I'm pro-immigration I think America is is born of immigrants and Immigrants make this country better. Um,
1: Yes, but like like you said earlier about the reasonableness of the Tea Party, getting back to the basics of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, at its core, we are a nation of laws. If people are coming over illegally, do we just say, yeah, it's open season just come over willy-nilly do we keep the immigration system the way it is or do we streamline it so it doesn't take 10 years and thousands and thousands of dollars that these people may not have or what like i know i just mentioned two extremes one and and the other there's got to be some sort of compromise in the middle and that's one thing that our elected politicians are horrible at—is compromise. They never compromise.
0: Well, I, I definitely don't think that like the the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is, is end all be all. In that, it should be read um, extremely strictly and not read literally, rather than um, interpreted. You know, that's. It's like the whole reason we have court systems and all this stuff is to appoint people to reasonably interpret the law in good faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I don't think it like if the Constitution of Bill of Rights doesn't mention it, then you're fucked. Obviously, I mean if yeah, if it were read not, literally, in 2020, everything changes. It would work. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, which which brings me to another question that I think about from time to time when it comes to like the. The unnecessary squabbling and divisiveness is. Do you think we're getting to a point where the world is so interconnected? You know, just globalism, being able to talk to someone across the world, do trade and commerce with someone across the world, being able to interact with people and events, subsequently having global um, consequence and ramifications. Do you think we're kind of? moving beyond the the utility or the usefulness of like true parties where people agree with, you know, the majority or 95% of a party's platform.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. But do you mean parties or do you mean borders? Like different countries and everything?
0: No, I mean like, issue now now that you know we are increasingly globalist american issues aren't truly just american issues oh no they absolutely they not. involve uh, they involve other countries things have gotten complicated technology everything's interconnected now does that make hard and fast political parties kind of antiquated or are they trending towards antiquity because things are more complicated
1: I think in some regards, yes, they are trending more towards antiquity because, I mean, in my opinion, they don't really do a whole bunch for us uh, except for bitch and argue. But I also think that it won't be able to change easily because the two political parties have such a death grip hold on their power if you will and all of the elected officials from their party that if one person was to go against a party there it's pretty much the end of their career unless they're at a at a point in their career like say john mccain was before he got out of the senate where you know everybody loves the man he can do whatever wants he can do whatever he wants with really not a bunch of negative repercussions. Like, and I don't mean do whatever he wants. Uh, he wasn't really that type of guy anyways. I mean, go against the party's wishes in that way. So it would take, even though globalization, it's not going anywhere, it's going to continue and everything. It's going to take a drastic and a huge populist movement to change the two-party system because the other parties spend a whole lot of money telling their constituents, hey, don't vote for the third party. You're only going to hurt your own – you're only going to hurt us if you do that. So that's why they never do it. But if everyone – like I said earlier, I believe most of the people – out there today are more along the center line. If they voted for that third party that kind of encompassed the good from both sides and kind of put it together commonsensically, I think they would win. Absolutely. I think they would win, but the two big political parties do everything in their power to stop the third party candidate from even getting on the stage. With, I mean, they make it literally impossible for them. Like, how do you beat somebody that makes the rules? <laughs> like, how do you overcome that?
0: I, I would agree that, like, the Democrats and Republicans are extremely entrenched. And I don't know how much, like, the RNC, how much money the RNC and the DNC have, but combined, I'm sure it's many hundreds of millions of dollars at their disposal. Oh, yeah. With, I'm sure. So I really don't see them becoming. Like untethered and and dwindling and um, you know, in power, I do think there will be, especially after this election and no shortage of hypocrisy like on both sides, like very blatantly. I think there will definitely be i don't I don't think there' will definitely be. I think there's a good chance there will be a a like burgeoning middle. I was going to say middle class, a uh, third party. I don't think that will like be more like more
1: center line party, right? <clears throat> Bless you. Maybe,
0: but I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know how likely that is um, because I feel like everybody, everybody wants the same thing. Everyone wants access to good paying jobs, reasonably priced healthcare, whether it's nationalized or private, they want to be able to save money. Um, you know, they want, to be able to to afford to go on vacation and send their kids to reasonable schools. But people have very, very different ways of getting to the same destination. And I don't know that that will ever change. Um, I think maybe it'll become a lot more gray um, rather than being the black and white of, you know, government assistance, government intervention for Republic uh, for Democrats and, you know, self-sustenance for, conservatives and Republicans, but I do think those will become increasingly gray. But I don't feel like I see the Mitch McConnell's and Nancy Pelosi's of the world lessening in and power and influence. Because like you said, if you write the rules, like the House always wins. It's like a casino. Which is annoying. The House
1: always wins and the people and the its citizens are the ones that suffer. That's why I don't watch the news hardly anymore, man. It's just depressing.
0: Yeah, it definitely can be like I spend a lot of my spare time now reading news and watching stuff. And it's it's I feel like I've done a pretty good job of not getting like emotionally invested to it because I realize that the Internet isn't real life. And 99 percent of it doesn't change my day to day at all. So there's no reason to be upset about it. Um, just trying to understand, like, if, you know, if, if Mitch McConnell is concerned about politics, then I probably should be, too but do you feel like you know because like we said that the dnc and the rnc and these parties they're so wildly entrenched and they spend so much effort to retain power or to get power back from the other party right yeah And, and it can be really high consequence like when we talk about um overturning roe versus wade i think a lot of people were concerned about that with uh Amy Coney Barrett, is that her name? The new Supreme Court Justice and yeah, all that stuff.
1: absolutely. That or
0: Democrats, or Democrats um, you know, tightening gun control laws. Yep. Like, th- these things could, could certainly happen. Like, they're not outside the realm of possibility. And I think that's why people fight more and more feverishly over elections. Because they want to do what they want to do. And they also want to make sure that the other party doesn't do stuff to them that they don't want done to them. You know what I mean? Like I vote for Republicans, theoretical like the 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 royal eye. I. I vote for Republicans because I like Republican ideals and policy, but I also want to keep my guns, and I don't want Democrats to take them from me. And obviously, like there there's issues that go both ways with that. But I can't help but wonder if that implies that maybe the government has too much influence and direct power over people's lives but I I don't see anyone saying that. I feel like instead of just coming outright and saying that, that people would rather just double down on their efforts to get that power for themselves rather than taking it off the table for everyone. I do
1: agree with you on the point that yes, yeah, they have a ton of influence over us. Like any Senator or, You know, I'm talking U.S. senator or U.S. representative can get time on a major news network any day of the week, right? That's just the way it is. And that sort of availability to that much exposure, it can be dangerous if welded irresponsibly. But at the end of the day, it's us, the citizens, that really push a lot of those agendas. Right? You you're not gonna see a senator or a congressman out in a second amendment rally or a pro or anti abortion rally or anything like that. They're up in their up on the hill, you know, doing their own thing. And frankly, it would be better if they were in those rallies standing up for what they believe in. Regardless of what it is, I'm going to have a hell of a lot more respect for an elected official that's out there with their constituents fighting for what he said he believed in or she believed in that got him elected instead of getting elected, saying everything in his power or her power to get elected and then just turn around and either vote along party lines or just vote how the— majority or the minority tells you to do it and you know you only go and talk to your constituents and your people when you're either a asking for money or b asking for the vote
0: yeah i, w- I will disagree to some degree there's there's definitely like this this younger cohort in congress like notably aoc yeah um dan crenshaw ilhan omar they're like definitely well, they're younger, so they have, like, a better sense of social media and having a media presence that that they curate themselves. Like, Dan Crenshaw made a couple of, like, fake short movies for, like, a <laughs> fundraiser or something like that. I only watched a couple seconds of them. They're, like, cringy and cheesy, but they're supposed to be, and it was to raise money for something. Um, and then AOC, like, streams on Twitch while she plays video games and talks about policy. So... There are definitely a few out there, but I I agree a lot. Like the old guard is just sitting up there, raking in their guaranteed, you know, 120k a year, regardless of what's going on down here with the average person slowly going broke.
1: Yeah, and Um, yet their salary might be 120 a year, but yet they're all millionaires. Come on.
0: Yeah, and I mean, as far as consistency go, I will, I will give that to to Bernie Sanders he's largely been saying the same stuff for like 30 or 40 years yeah which you know is not obviously reason enough for me to vote for him but at least at least he is consistent which is a lot more than a lot of people can say part of my enjoyment of being on Twitter specifically for politics is because there are people whose entire Twitter life is devoted to calling politicians and public figures out for their bullshit. So some politician or pundit or talking head like uh, Governor Cuomo or whoever today says some kind of crap that's like extremely opinionated and not nuanced. And they act as though they've had this opinion their entire life, like they were born believing this opinion. And someone says, "Um, hey, knock, knock, excuse me, what about this? And they'll reference an old tweet from like four months ago that this person said, which is 180 degree opposite.
1: So it's... But don't you believe
0: (coughs) that over
1: time, we, as in just people, can change our views? Because I got to say, I don't think the same way now as I did when I was 18.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I would kind of expect that. I would be pretty surprised if someone as believed the same thing their entire life, then I, that would lead me to believe that they don't actually believe it. They just said that they do, and they've never actually thought it. Yeah. Or they but live I, in an echo I, chamber. Right. But also when you're, I don't know, I, I feel like it deserves a lot less credence when it's a much shorter time frame, and it's about that a much, it's a much higher consequence thing, like opinion to have, like, There's a big difference between my opinion on abortion and President Trump's opinion on abortion, if only because he can do something about it. He can appoint a justice who would potentially overturn Roe versus Wade. I'll never be in that position. So my opinion fundamentally is, is, I guess, less meaningful or carries less potential weight with it. So it's not that you changing your opinion over the course of 20 years is not the same as the governor of California changing his name, changing his very strongly held opinion over the course of a week.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. But, and like you said about Bernie Sanders, how he has stayed consistent, and hey, even though he has my respect, or even though he may not have my vote, he has my respect, is that the best... Way to be like we just said yeah we all kind of evolve in our in our mindset and our opinions and everything through these experiences what has caused his consistency through his entire political career because he was like protesting at rallies like back in the 60s or 70s I believe and yeah I can see how a lot of his ideas to help people are great but shouldn't they have shouldn't they have evolved some? Maybe but
0: like I I mean it's hard to be a
1: self-appointed democratic socialist like Bernie describes himself as and have two houses one of which his summer home cost $650,000 beautiful house I'll give him that but is he in the same position as he was whenever he was you know in the streets getting arrested at civil rights protest as he is now
0: well i guess the answer to that question is whether or not <laughs> the the tax system that he proposes would include his own tax bracket or not <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> if he if he voted there. to increase his own taxes then I would give him a lot more weight. Until that oh, day, absolutely. I'm I'm going to believe that he is fundamentally just another politician, which I feel like is a conversation for another time. Um, yeah. But we're going on about 40 minutes now. So do you want to call it a day here?
1: Yeah, let's call it a day. I'm sure if anyone's listening to this, they're tired of hearing me squawk around.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Well, we should do this again in the future. It was fun.
1: Absolutely. Let me know, Tom. Take it easy, brother.
0: All right. See you later, man.